Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist and the author of the Complete Compliance Handbook, and I'd like to welcome you to the inaugural episode of Life After GDPR. This episode follows the successful series that I put together with Jonathan Armstrong of Quarterly Compliance in London of Countdown to GDPR. We had such a positive response and frankly had so much fun doing it that we decided to continue the series after GDPR went live on May 25. So we've renamed the podcast Life After GDPR, but we kept the uh, numbering system since uh, we had nine episodes leading up to GDPR. Today, we take up the topic of non-financial remedies that regulators and even individuals can bring to bear against companies under GDPR. I think you'll find this a very informative episode. There are lots of eccentricities to GDPR, which are not typically available under many U.S. laws, certainly under U.S. data privacy and data protection laws. We're going to strive to bring you some of those, try to keep you up to date on current events in the EU and United Kingdom. Uh, And I think that uh, you will enjoy and find very informative our life after GDPR continuation. So without further ado, episode 10, Life After GDPR. Life After GDPR is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, and I'm here with Jonathan Armstrong uh, discussing GDPR after our go-live date. And today we're going to take up a topic of something that did not get a lot of play prior to GDPR going live, which is other remedies. So, Jonathan, Jonathan, first of all, thanks for taking the time to visit with me today. My pleasure. So, Jonathan, um, this, as I indicated in the short intro, this is one thing that really not many people focused on prior to May 25. Everyone wanted to talk about the fines, the potential fines. Everyone wanted to talk about the monetary cost. But as with all regulatory schemes, there are a plethora of other remedies the regulators can engage in or a company can agree to. And so I was wondering if today we could explore what some of those other remedies are, why you think they might either be cost effective or uh, even more executionally effective, and how you would advise a company to uh, consider the, the, uh, those other remedies that may or may not be available. Yeah, no, absolutely, Tom. Uh, th- thanks for that. And uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I think you're absolutely right. I think going up to go live date, almost all of the focus and the press was on fines. And obviously, they're potentially huge. Uh, as a reminder, 20 million euros or 4% of global annual revenue. But I think they were never likely to be the hot topic in 2018. I think any type of regulatory action is going to take some time to research. And any data protection authority worth her salt won't want to bring the first case as an underprepared case. So I think a lot of people are focused on fines, but it's important to remember that those first out of the block in enforcing GDPR have been data subject, and obviously regulators have many more powers than just fines. So just to recap what the structure is, each country has its own data protection authority. And Germany keeps its own own regime from pre-GDPR. So each lander or each state, if you like, in Germany has its own uh, regulator. And some are more aggressive than others. This week, for example, we've had before the 
uh, ECJ in Luxembourg, a case that originated with the Schleswig-Holstein Data Protection Authority in the north of Germany, which has traditionally been fairly aggressive. This case, for example, involving Facebook and whether somebody who owns a Facebook group is a data controller. Simple answer is yes, they are. So each DPA handles a complaint either from its uh, own country, so an organization that's based there, or where it substantially affects data subjects. I'm skipping the rules on public authorities because they're slightly different. And then we could have a scheme called One Stop Shop if a particular issue affects more than one country. So, for example, we've had our first one-stop shop hearing on the 25th of May over some complaints about Facebook, which are on their way to Ireland after that hearing. And all of these DPAs have additional powers, not just the power to fine. So, first of all, they have the power to order a data controller and a data processor or their representatives, what's known as a DPR under GDPR. So this is for U.S. corporations, for example, who have to appoint a DPR. Uh, they can order them to provide any information that they require. So we've seen that, for example, these existing powers being used in the Cambridge Analytica case, where the U.K. DPA has served requests against various parties. Secondly, they've got the power to carry out investigations uh, in the form of data protection audits. Again, we've seen this under similar powers in the existing legislation being used in the Cambridge Analytica investigation. Thirdly, they've got the power to access personal data, so to take servers away. They can get onto premises of either the data controller or the data processor, and they can remove things like servers. And again, we've seen those powers used in Cambridge Analytica as well. They can issue warnings to a data controller or a data processor. They can issue reprimands. They can order a data controller or a data processor to comply with data subject requests. Again, we've just seen that in the Cambridge Analytica case where they've ordered the rump, if you like, of the Cambridge Analytica entities to comply with a subject access request made by a US-based academic. Uh, additionally, they can order a data controller or a data processor to bring their operations into line with GDPR, and they can tell them how they have to do that. They can give them a period within which they need to comply. So, for example, we've seen a case pre-GDPR where they ordered a healthcare organization to do a data protection impact assessment, and they gave them a month to do that. They can order a data controller to tell people about a data breach, and we've discussed data breach in some earlier podcasts, Tom. Uh, they can limit processing, and they can suspend data coming out of the EEA. And those last two are probably about the most important because they could have a huge impact on corporations. Let's say, for example, a helpline hasn't been uh, put into place in compliance with GDPR. A regulator, could, a regulator could order that that helpline is suspended insofar as it relates to EU data subjects. And, of course, that's likely to have 
uh, severe consequences on the corporation. If it was a US-listed entity, for example, it would probably have to uh, give notice of that suspension uh, of its uh, compliance helpline to the stock exchange. And that could theoretically have even bigger consequences than, uh, than a fine. So in short, I think regulators have quite a lot of powers. Individuals have more powers as well, Tom. And, and I wondered if you wanted me to discuss that in brief as well. Yes, please. Yes, yeah, so individuals can make a complaint to a DPA either where they live, where they work, or where they say the infringement took place. And they can also appeal against anything that a DPA does. Uh, and if a DPA doesn't pick up their complaint within three months, generally speaking, they can appeal that as well. So data subjects can bring court proceedings. They can um, uh, bring class actions to try and get compensation. But they can also hold a DPA's hands into the fire, as I say, particularly where a DPA has sat on a complaint for three months. And I think we're going to see a lot of these type of cases. We're going to discuss later in another podcast the cases that we've seen under GDPR so far. But my bet is that the clock is running in some quarters on this three-month timeline. And if the regulator doesn't pick up the pace and deal with these complaints quickly, we are going to see these appeals. And they're meant to be a low-cost appeal mechanism rather than full-blown court proceedings. As far as class actions are concerned, then any individual who's had material or non-material damage can issue proceedings for compensation. It's not going to be the same as the U.S. class action system. What they will do will vary country to country because some jurisdictions permit representative actions. In some places, it's more cumbersome. But they can take damages from a data controller and a data processor. So if you're processing data on behalf of somebody else, you might have to pick up the tab. GDPR Article 82, if you're a big fan of this, then has a claim back procedure where those parties, the data controller, the data processor, joint controllers, if there are such uh, a setup, will reattribute the damages paid between them. And again, we're likely to see lots of activity, I think, here. As we've said before, Max Schrems has had a class action going against Facebook for some time. That's hit a number of hurdles in the EU court system. But almost certainly cases like that will come around again. And we've got a data breach case in the UK, a case involving a retailer called Morrison's under the existing law. And the judgment there took into account GDPR. And that case comes back for appeal in the fall slash autumn. So it's important to remember that as well as DPAs having more power, data protection authorities having more power, then individuals have more power either to bring proceedings themselves or to hold a regulator's hands in the fire and make the regulator do something quicker than they have historically. Jonathan, it occurs to me that with this real plethora of other remedies, it also gives corporations an opportunity to craft 
a proposed solution to present to a regulator that would hopefully satisfy the regulatory uh, requirement or uh, issue that's in front of that particular regulator, but also uh, help the company both in compliance and cost. Is that something you would uh, advise companies to consider going forward? That's dead right. I mean, I think when you've had an episode, you need to get out of the blocks quickly. You need to undergo a process of what the French might call a limon de canard, get your ducks in a row. And, um, and you need to do that pretty quickly. You're absolutely right. I think regulators will be under pressure to take a view, particularly on complex cases, more quickly than they have historically. And I think if you're a corporation, if you're ready to present your facts, then that will help. It's oftentimes quite hard to get details of how other data protection authorities have handled similar cases. We've done quite a lot of research in, in that accord, and we've got some metrics, but that is another part of the picture as well, I think. The whole uh, tenor of GDPR, if you like, is that similar cases should be dealt with in a similar way across the EU. So that will be part of your uh, of what you're doing. You'll be looking at similar cases, what the penalties were there. You'll be looking at mitigating factors. So why is your case uh, less worrisome than others? And you'll be tr trying to present that in a very early uh, stage to regulators so that you can um, ensure that they're taking all the relevant facts into account when they reach a preliminary finding. Well, Jonathan, unfortunately, we're near the end of our time, but this looks like something we'll be able to revisit uh, somewhere down the road, hopefully sooner rather than later, because I really like the, the last part you uh, articulated, which is get your ducks in a row, but it really leads to not only uh, reduced cost or hopefully more reduced cost for corporations, but, but also I would see it leading directly to greater compliance if we tied it back into sort of a root cause analysis. So I think this is something we're going to have to watch going forward. I think you're dead right, Tom. That's absolutely right. So I've been visiting with Jonathan Armstrong, partner at Quartery Compliance in London, on um, the remedies that are available under GDPR. Jonathan, thank you so much. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. I'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of Life After GDPR. If you have any questions, I would suggest that you contact Jonathan Armstrong. He can be reached at jonathan.armstrong at quarterycompliance.com. Also, check out the Quarterly Compliance website as they have a wealth of information about GDPR, GDPR compliance. Check out the GDPR Navigator. It's a great one-stop shop for everything you might need in relation to GDPR. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Life After GDPR, and I hope you'll join us again. If you have listened to this podcast on iTunes, I would greatly appreciate it if you would rate our podcast as it would help in our rankings and help get the word out about this most unique compliance-related podcast around GDPR. Thanks again. Hope you'll join us again. Life After GDPR is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.